Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirit of Dragon in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. It is June 8th, 2018. It, what the fuck is it? A Friday? Friday it is. Um, so yeah, I want to come on here and do the show. I got to watch the Tournament of Survival earlier in the week, so I want to come on here, review that. Um, definitely wanted to touch back on this Rebels situation, uh, this, uh, you know, what happened there? Um, when I did my last show, I think it was the day of. So there wasn't really a lot of facts out there. There was a lot of speculation. I didn't want to really talk on speculation, despite the fact that, you know, all signs were leading to exactly what the facts ended up coming out to be. Uh, and the facts being that this fucking guy uh, killed his wife and himself. In the same house as his 10-year-old twins. Um, and, and, you know, that it's disgusting. It's overall disgusting. This guy can fuck himself. Anything that he's ever done in the wrestling business, I don't give a fuck. See, this is the thing that, you know, uh, we're just getting right out of the gates with this one. Uh, I, um, you know, this, this is the thing that I've harped on a lot. As far as the wrestling business goes... And, and my morals go, my morals take such a higher stance on that. And and when I tell a lot of people out there, like, the, the, you know, you motherfuckers are below me and shit. It's the people who will go like, oh, well, he did a lot for the people in the business. Uh, well, he, he did this or he did that. Yeah, you type of motherfuckers are far below me. Because if you don't have high enough morals to see the fucking terrible, the evil... The, the complete bottom-feeding bullshit in someone killing their fucking... Killing their kid's parents, both themselves and their wife, with the children in the house for the, the kids to find them. 
It's just, it's despicable, it's disgusting, it's the lowest form of fucking human you could possibly find, and for anyone to, to kind of shine a positive light on, on, you know, that type of thing, in, in any, oh, well, he was good, he was a good guy, or he wasn't a good guy, good guys don't do that type of shit, you, you can't, you can't put small positives on top of an enormous negative and somehow come out in the positive or even break even. You can't do it. You cannot fucking do it. This dude could have fucking donated to charity his whole life. If the very end is he kills his wife with for his kids to find the fucking bodies of, of their parents. No, no, he's not a good guy. I don't give a fuck what he did previous to that. In the wrestling business, you sure as fuck can't add up enough positives anywhere in the wrestling business that's going to equate to that being fucking okay. So, um, one of the first pieces of shit I wanted to address was, uh, this guy Mitch Stein. Uh, Mitch Stein, you know, this is the thing, um, you know, I, I talked to a few people about this and, um, you know, just like, dude, I don't even know how some of these people wind up on my Facebook. Um, I've added shitloads of wrestlers over the years. Um, you know, and I've, I've thinned out some of that, um, you know, in more recent years. But, um, you know, and I would just like, oh, I saw this clip. That guy did a cool move. I'll fucking add him on Facebook. And, uh, you know, this guy, you know, but... More times than not, if they were fans, they requested and added me. You know, I mean, if they're just wrestling fans, they requested and I just accepted their request. Because the thing is, is like, and I'm not saying fans of mine. I don't feel like I have fans. That's ridiculous. I just mean wrestling, you know, mutual wrestling fans. Um, Because to me, like, I, I don't, I don't know motherfuckers like that as far as Facebook goes. And like, I don't. I'm not searching for people to talk to, you know what I mean? Like I, I, you can hear enough of me on this podcast and know that I'm not just like a super warm, cuddly motherfucker. That's, that's out looking for fellow wrestling fans to chop, to chop shit up with, you know what I mean? Like I'm mostly disgusted by shit. Um, my fish are trying to attack my cat. It's funny as hell. He just jumped up by the fish tank and the whole like, like at least 12 African cichlids just drifted over to the left side. Like they're going to go fucking get him. That's funny. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't really look for a bunch of, you know, friends, fans uh, to, to talk to and share opinions on it. I, I don't give a fuck. Uh, I welcome all people to listen to this show. I, I don't, I don't say anything in order to please anybody or get attention from anyone. That's, you know, prior, um, nah, prior is not the word I'm looking for. Um, contrary to what people believe and, and seem to think and put out there that, you know, I do things for attention or I, um, you know, that, I, that I'm just trying to get heat or some bullshit like that. I, um, I mean, when it comes down to Facebook, the, the entire Facebook is for attention. I mean, we all can probably agree on that, right? I mean, it, it's a, uh, I know I'm getting a little off track here, but what the fuck, man? I got time. Um, you know, it's it's a so, social media and it's in its entirety. is it, It's wild because you can suddenly like chime in on some shit people you never fucking knew before and you know, all of a sudden they're like, they're hitting you back up. Yo, what the fuck? And, and, you know, Twitter with the fucking celebrities, you know, suddenly answering back to your criticism on their movie or some shit, you know, like you could really just kind of just keep throwing shit at the wall and finding out what sticks and, and fucking entertain yourself with it. So, I mean, I don't think it's fair to even say that, oh, you did this on social media for attention or whatever, because honestly, all social media is for attention. Some people are really overboard about it, and it looks ridiculous. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. As far as this goes, I, I enjoy doing it. It's a way to vent. Uh, it, it's it's a platform to, you know, talk some shit, do whatever. Uh, you know, it's an outlet. I do like doing it. Um, but 
it's definitely not trying to uh, gain anybody's approval or anything like that. Um, I'm also, mind you, like sometimes I'm sounding a little fucking stammered and fucking like I'm searching for words and losing my train of thought because I'm watching the Cavs and Golden State right now as well as doing this podcast. Uh, the Cavs are down three nothing, and um, I, I really don't want to see them get fucking swept, man. I mean, them them winning this series is just about impossible. Um, you know, and, and truth be told, uh, the Golden State Warriors is a far better team. I never for one minute said that the Golden State Warriors weren't a better team than the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, but it's clearly uh, the ones who I was rooting for from the start. I'm a huge LeBron fan and uh, always rooting for that dude. So, um, yeah, but it, it, they're going to be hard-pressed to beat this fucking team. Even this game here, they're getting fucked up right now, and um, it's the first quarter, so shit is going to get intense in this game. Yeah, you're going to see fucking next level LeBron come out for sure. Um, He's not going to go out quietly. So, um, all right, back to what I was saying. So, um, I, I don't know how I ended up with a lot of these people as friends on there, other than just, you know, accepting requests, accepting requests. And now I'm at the point where, like, I, I really, guys... I I will gladly be your fucking friend on Facebook, but can you shoot me a fucking message? Hey, I fucking such and such. Just just some kind of heads up on what the fuck's going on. Hey, I like your show, or hey, fucking go Niners, or, or fucking something. You know what I mean? What what is your reason? Um. So. Otherwise, it's just, you know, it's just random people that are just going to hang out and just see what I'm up to and not say anything, and it's just fucking pointless. Um, so this is one of these dudes that I, I don't even know. He's just on my fucking page. He was on my page. Um, and he, he started his shit up because uh, I'm trying to see where it even fucking began. See if I have the... I know I had screenshots and shit. I don't know if I... I probably deleted them. Okay, now. This was his initial post. I found it. Uh, this was the, the day of, uh, I believe, or the next day. And he said, uh, you know, this is Mitch Stein is feeling pissed off. That's how his emotion was at the moment. And he says, mad as hell does not begin to describe how I feel. Uh, disappointed to confirm the fact that independent pro wrestling has no respect left in the business. Keep his name out of your posts until his family and wife's family have been notified. All those disrespectful asshats can go fuck themselves. His kids didn't need to find out about it on Facebook, asshats. Jesus Christ, the level of assholishness that has been displayed, the immaturity, the downright disrespect to him, his family... The business and everyone who came before is fucking amazing, especially the online news outlets racing to disrespect the business they supposedly support. The 25-year vets running his name out there. My God, you all suck. Suck infectious ass cavities. This guy's real big on ass. Um, so he posted that. And uh, I've, I've responded by saying... um. So, if he murdered his wife and left his young kids without parents, we're all assholes and he deserves respect? Fuck out of here. So, he starts going in, you know. No, his family deserves respect. Da, 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 da. Okay, now, let's just go back to his initial post. Again, his big stance is his kids don't need to find out about it on Facebook. Well, now that now that the facts are out, we know that his kids didn't find out about it on Facebook. His son walked downstairs, his 10-year-old son walked downstairs to see his dead parents. His mother with a gunshot wound to the chest and head, and his father with a gunshot wound to his fucking head, self-inflicted. And had to go back upstairs to break the fucking news to his 10-year-old sister that their parents are dead. Then he had to go back down, they both had to go back down past the bodies of their slain parents, get the dog, and go out front and wait for someone to come and fucking help them with what whatever the fuck just got smashed on top of their life. 
whatever just got slammed on top of them as 10-year-olds to have to stomach that. So this cocksucker that wants to go on there and play White Knight and try to fucking blame me and anybody else, you know, and because, like, he wasn't talking about me or anything, but, you know, when people take these high and mighty ridiculous fucking stances, a lot of times I I feel, uh, I feel like I, I want to respond sometimes. So, and this was one of those times. So I went back and back and back with this fucking guy. Um, let me see. Um, so then, uh, you know, I said what everybody was hearing, um, you know, that he, he pretty much fucking killed his family and then the kids found the body. Cause that's, that's what was being heard of early on. That was what was being heard of. The kids were home, all that shit. So then this fucking guy starts with the, oh, you've implicated yourself in the in a murder-suicide investigation, and uh, you're so stupid, and this and that, and uh, he, he, this guy says, first off, I can give a rat's ass about how you feel about, and then he, he tags Rebel, Chuck Williams. First off, I don't know why you're tagging a dead man. He's not going to see your fucking tag. Even though you're trying to blow this fucking dead guy, he's not going to see your fucking post even if you tag him. The other thing is, is you're telling me that I'm being insensitive to his family. You're fucking tagging the guy in a post that's going back and forth, making sure that his family sees all of whatever is being said, because that's the only way that his family would see some shit that I'm saying. You know what I mean? Because, like, I'm saying shit. If I say some shit on my page, I'm not friends with Rockin' Rebel himself, let alone fucking uh, uh, his family. And you might be friends with Chuck Williams on Facebook, but unless his family goes and checks out what fucking Rockin' Rebel's friends are saying, they're not going to fucking see it either. So you're going out of your fucking way to make sure that his family sees the things that you're saying and white knighting and this and that. And honestly, I'm pretty sure that they're not fucking um, super happy with you being so so cautious about Rebels' feelings. Um, so so this is the dude. He, he, you know, he goes back and forth, continues to call me fucking names, says whatever he wants to say. And, uh, you know, I, I said what I had to say, and I deleted him, and I fucking moved on. Um but you know, th- this is the type of cocksucker. And I, and I had talked to somebody else who knew this guy personally, cause I seriously, again, have no idea how he even wound up on my shit other than an accepted friend request. And then just fucking flew under the radar until some shit like this popped off. But, um, apparently like he's a dude that was business partners with, uh, a- another guy in the wrestling business. Uh, and apparently he was like banging the guy's wife while he was business partners with him. So this is the type of moral high ground that he's got, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, the the guy could fuck himself. Um, but, you know, again, the people who want to, you know, big up Rebel because he did some shit. And I had also heard that, um, a lot of what Rebel's credit has been over the years is because he, he throw the, you know, uh, one of the boys fucking 20 bucks or, you know, a hundred bucks or whatever when the promoter didn't pay him. But a lot of times the story that wasn't out there was that he was charging the fucking promoters such astronomical fees, you know, the, the, the booker, you know, the, the guy running the company, such ridiculous fees to rent his license that they couldn't fucking pay when they didn't draw. They couldn't pay the fucking guys in the back when they couldn't draw. Well, he was walking away with the fucking lump sum. So for him to peel off a fucking 50 towards a wrestler and go, I got your brother, even though they don't, they don't take care of you. I'll take care of you, brother. I know how it is. He's walking home with his fucking money. Yeah. I mean, so again, I have no firsthand knowledge of that, but that's the type of grimy shit that I heard he was doing. Uh, the, the shit that's obviously not a fucking maybe is the fact that he killed his wife and himself and, uh, his children had to see that. Um, and from all accounts, uh, there was continual um, 
talk of him saying that he would kill his family if they left him. Um, other members of the family, you know, um, making these statements and saying that th- this was a long time running of him saying that this is what was going to happen. His wife being scared that that was what was going to happen. And it wound up happening. And that it's just, it's horrendous. It's terrible. Um, I'm tired of these cocksuckers that go online and, you know, but he was this and, uh, you know, well, we don't know the facts. And like everybody fucking is, is laying it out. Like this is, this is most likely what happened. This is most likely what happened. And I know most likely isn't a definite, but hey, man, like it, it was exactly what everybody fucking said. It was exactly what everybody thought. You give it a couple of days and it's the same fucking thing. Um, there was fucking, there was shindy companies out there in uh, Pennsylvania that did fucking 10 bells for this jerk off. Like, I, I hope you motherfuckers lose all your money. Every bit of your fucking money. If you have any, um, whoever's keeping your fucking company running, you know, it just, it, it's complete trash. And that's, that's what I'm saying. So instead of being fucking disgusted that there's no more morals left in the wrestling business based on a fucking guy killing his wife with the kids in the fucking house. Based on the fact that a guy killed his wife with his kids in the house and another motherfucker in the wrestling business is paying tribute to that fucking guy. Instead of being disgusted about the wrestling business and its lack of morals based on that type of thing, this little jerk-off is fucking disgusted about the wrestling business's morals for posting about some wild shit like that on Facebook. You go fuck yourself. Yeah, you know I mean, and you could talk all that. Oh, I'm doing big boy shit. I'm doing grown man shit. I'm doing all of it. You you drive the fuck down to where I'm at, bro. You might be older and fat and crusty and all that type of shit, bro. But don't 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 talk down to me like I'm some kind of fucking kid. I'm 40 years old. You dirty motherfucker. So, I, I, you know, motherfuckers like that, you want a white knight, you want to play all that fucking shit, that's fine. I speak fucking bluntly and honestly, and, and it's just how I feel. And really, my opinion shouldn't hold that much fucking weight in people's, um, in people's lives. Especially talking about a, a guy's fucking family who he didn't care enough about to keep fucking alive. And, and the surviving members of that family are suddenly going to hear the opinion of a guy who they've never met, have no connection to on social media and and you're you're hung up about that it's just it's it's fucking ridiculous so fuck that dude and and straight up anybody who defends him it, it really if at this point if you're posting pictures with the motherfucker like come on man come on man no, nobody's trying to hear that shit um all right off that Jesus Christ. These motherfuckers go, like, Draymond Green has hit LeBron in the motherfucking eyes, like, ten times in this fucking series. This dude is an eye-gouging motherfucker, man. Who's that, uh, I think Mance Warner does that shit, right? This motherfucker's like the Mance Warner of the NBA with the fucking eye-gouge. Shit's crazy. J.R. Smith is absolute trash, too. They should never, ever let him fucking hold the ball. Ever. If you're going to pass the ball to him, just throw it the fuck out of bounds to a fan. Like, throw it into the upper decks and just let a fan fucking sell that shit on eBay. And that's worth more than what the fuck J.R. Smith's going to do with that fucking ball. He's trash. Absolute fucking trash. Got a fucking foul on Corver at the three. Hit him on the elbow. Yeah, man. So, um, what else we got here? What else we got? Um, guess let's just get into this GCW shit. Well, you know, okay. Let's talk about the GCW uh, Tournament of Survival. But before we do, let's again touch base on the venue. The venue is Starland Ballroom. I had said many a times, they are not getting away with shit here. This is not even the venue for Deathmatch Wrestling. This is uh, amazingly shocking that they're moving a Deathmatch Tournament which, quite honestly, you know, in Jersey is crazy and unheard of. The stuff that Game Changer Wrestling has pulled off in the amount of time that they've been running. 
is is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And, and I'll say that on one side of things, giving them credit for what they have pulled off. On the other side of things, delusional to feel that that's just the way it should be and that anyone in the town, you know, like, again, I'm so posed to believe that, um, you know, a cop, cop callers and all, you know, dude, like, you really can't even fathom anyone who, who lives locally to, to have a problem with what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, that it's, it's, it's bizarre. Cleveland just took the lead. Uh, you know, it's just bizarre that you guys would actually feel that the only one that could hate on you is fucking DJ Hyde and Maven Bentley. It just, (laughs) that's crazy. And and it doesn't, my main point is it, it has to, it does not have to do with anybody in the wrestling business. As far as I'm concerned, how how would it be limited to that when you guys are promoting fucking mass hysteria, fucking just like the brutal fucking violence and motherfuckers all over the place? And, you know, to, to be like, oh, who could have a problem with that? Must be DJ. Like, I don't know if it has to be DJ. So anyway, um. Not saying that he couldn't do anything, but in the same token, like, this this whole fucking cop caller shit is so out of control. It's so fucking played out, ridiculous. Um, I'll get back into that a little later. Um, so anyway, Starland Ballroom, and a lot of people were even saying as soon as they were, they moved over there, and they're like, a motherfucking pig roast is still happening in the fucking parking lot. Bring your motherfucking beer, bitch fucking tailgating is on, fucking show up, we'll be there bright and early, fucking grills a-blazing, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, they're, they were, you know, bar inside, so if you're not drunk enough when you get in the fucking door, we'll get you lit up out this motherfucker, like, man, they, they, they were fucking, they were really laying in there with, and, and honestly, look, the deathmatch tournament scene, in the past especially, um, game changer world has uh, fit into that scenario where it became just fucking hangout, man. Like everybody grills out back, fucking trunks popped, fucking uh, you know coolers, motherfuckers got hard alcohol, swigging off of some shit, you know, all sorts of shit. Like, and you know, TOD was the fucking the ultimate as far as that experience went because, you know, it was in fucking DJ's yard and, uh, just, just a lot in the way it was, um, was just as they called a death stock. And it's just like when, if you're up to that type of shit, you know, I've been sober, you know, coming up next month will be five fucking years. But previous to that, you know, I'd go to TODs and shit and it would just be fucking mayhem. And you could just walk around and I always kind of kept to myself, you know, I'd have my I got fucked up on my own, had my uh, people I hung out with and went and checked in on. But but as like a casual fan that was getting fucked up, I mean, you could just walk the line of cars and like fucking kind of bob over into crowds and like, hey, what are you guys up to? And fucking you know, next thing you know, a blunt's headed your way and fucking someone's passing you some fucking hard alcohol. Hey, take a swig off of this. And, you know, like fucking you want one of these things off the grill over here? Like. You know, it, it's just like such a fucking roaming barbecue fucking party. You know, it's it's a party. It's an absolute party beyond even a wrestling show. It's a gathering of fucking just mayhem. You know what I mean? So that that's what it had become. And uh, now I I think that whole scene is in jeopardy, in severe jeopardy because uh just just the way that that things have gone and tournament of death going to Jersey, starting tomorrow, Jersey in fucking Berlin and and some old fucking hockey rink, outdoor hockey rink type shit. And they're running a bus. They're running like a shuttle bus from the parking, which will be at a bar where they do pre and post game, a shuttle bus over to the fucking event. So, you know, you really can't tailgate at your fucking car up until the event the way it was. I mean, the way TOD was before. It, it fucking DJ's yard, 
if you wanted to, you could legitimately sit on the hood of your fucking car, and it was a distance to see everything, but you could fucking sit there and watch the fucking show from your fucking car and just get banged up if you wanted to. That, I mean, that's, you know, motherfuckers pulled a bus onto that fucking shit, and they were watching it from the top of the fucking bus. People pulled a, a pickup truck with a fucking couch in the back. And pulled that motherfucker up and was sitting on the couch in the back of the pickup truck. That's the type of wild shit that, I mean, might be, you know, an endangered species. Might be a fucking extinct in, in the world of deathmatch wrestling over here on the East Coast. Um, so, back to GCW. Now, Starland Ballroom, again, doesn't seem like the place for deathmatch wrestling at all. And there were people who had attended Starland Ballroom quite a bit, you know, for concerts and, and shows and stuff. And said, hey, they, like, they don't. They don't go with that tailgating shit at all. Like, if you fucking hang outside of your car for, like, a minute too long, they see you drinking out there and shit, they come out to you and, and tell you to fucking stop. Like, they come out, like, the security will walk out to your car and be like, yo, cut that shit out. Yeah, I mean, this shit isn't welcome here. Like, wild shit. You know what I mean? Like, they're really on top of shit. So, to think, like, not only, because, again, when we're talking about the kit tailgating, we're talking about that type of shit, I don't think concerts i don't think uh you know especially like hillary duff concerts that, that they've had there bruce springsteen i don't think any of the tailgating that goes on there is touching a deathmatch tournament tailgating so fans that no bro it's fucking good people are like hey, you know tailgating is never good there it's never okay there Nah, man we're good the, the gcw um, management knew the fucking deal. They couldn't out and tell the fucking fans no tailgating at all. They couldn't tell the fans that. It w- they would have lost a-, a portion of the crowd. Not saying they would have drew a shit house or anything like that, but they probably would have lost 100, 200 people that would have went, eh, I don't know if I just want to go out there and not drink or not be able to really hang out you know there there would have been enough people that were turned off and then this guy isn't going and well i'm not going if you're not going that type of deal you know so it would have snowballed to them losing probably at least 100 ticket sales my opinion because i think they drew over a thousand something like that um so i i just just being fair i think they would have lost about 100 ticket sales you know and 20 bucks a piece that's not something you want to do you know what i mean so I can't blame the the management for not telling them, but if we're gonna just start screaming the words "cop callers" again, based on this 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 ruling that they can't do what they wanted to do, I, you should probably pump your brakes. That just sounds really dumb. Um, then uh, the no reentry, and, and again, and rumor had it that Sayreville is a township wanted this shit shut down. Uh, and the venue at that point, from what I hear, fought to have it still go on. Um, and again, I, that's just what I heard. I don't know. Um, but if that's the case, here's what the venue's up against. The venue's up against never running a show of any sort there again, if bad shit goes down. So they got to clamp down. And just like, I don't give a fuck whether you like it, whether you like it, whether you're planning on being responsible, whether you're not planning on being responsible. We're not tolerating shit out of fucking anybody in this motherfucker. We're not, we're not fucking opening the bar. We're not fucking letting people back out once they get in. So if people show up at a fucking buzz, well, that shit's gonna, that's gonna dim out throughout the night because we're not letting people bring anything in this motherfucker. It is, it is a lockdown from fucking, from the start. And that's that's how they fucking protect their license to continue to do business out there and tell the township, look, when we tell you things are under control, it's under control, you know, because honestly, with a deathmatch crowd like that, anything could happen. I mean, you'd be crazy to think that that's just a safe environment for for a venue to run and and not worry about repercussions like shit could happen. So. um, So that's that. Uh, Let me see guess let's get into the actual show uh low life louis ramos did not uh answer the bell as it were they said uh he, he ate too many pig sandwiches and he's throwing up and shitting and all of that stuff well uh low life louis as uh 
as seen on his Facebook, was pre-gaming drinking Four Locos with his dog uh, since 9 a.m. that morning. And it could have been before that, for all I know, but that was when he posted on Facebook that he's pre-gaming with the dog, and he was drinking Four Locos at 9 a.m. So when it came to the show, that started at, what, 5, 7? I don't know. I think it was a night show at that point. Uh, you know, five, at least five, something like that. He was fucked up. And, uh, you know, people had said that they were doing, you know, fucking hard drinking with him, like right before the show in the parking lot. Cause despite the no tailgating and shit, people were still throwing down fucking beers and whatever else real quick before they got in. So, uh, you know, he didn't answer the bell. He was crazy sick and shit, but I have a feeling that has to do with, you know, uh, pre-gaming that many hours in advance that'll that'll fucking take down a lot of fucking people that's 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 not even like some lightweight shit that's some like yo this this dude was going in long long before the fucking show uh so ed o'mac filled in and uh yeah look he did a great job other than the fact that to me like his announcing sounded crazy uh he, he had announced in the past czw he never did it quite like this this was like cross between like uh christian bale playing batman which i really hated um the the voice is is just fucking crazy like christian bale batman type shit mixed with like ed o'mac doing his best uh vince mcmahon firing a motherfucker voice the whole fucking show i'm not even gonna try to imitate it because it'll hurt my fucking throat doing it for one second so although it was really annoying i do give him a credit for fucking uh keeping that shit up the whole show because jesus christ um yeah um so no no steps announced for this and the announcer thinks that's good because it's tournament or fucking survival no it's laziness that's complete laziness you know you should be able to announce stipulations for your fucking matches instead of just like here's glass and fuckery we like the word fuckery that's what that is and this and that i i don't know who the second commentator was offhand um but danny havoc was the one commentator and the other one this is the best commentating that i've heard out of gcw ever um I thought they went really well together, the two of them. Danny was funny throughout the whole fucking show. And um, I-, I thought this was really, really well done as far as commentary goes. I hope they keep that combination going. And uh, as soon as somebody lets me know who the other guy is, I'll definitely give him credit for what he did out there, too. Because, uh, you know, great job. Um, first match is Gage and... Uh, I don't know, the Japanese guy, uh, uh, I don't know what his name is, um, <laughs> I'm just gonna be fucking straight up, um, I got notes here, I didn't write his fucking name down, um, first thing I want to say, um, and, and, you know, people will take this harsh, because people can't take this type of fucking criticism, but, uh, rest in peace to uh, Nick Gage's prison physique, right, um, Nick Gage Let's not get it fucked up. Nick Gage is, in my opinion, the best deathmatch wrestler in the business right now. Um, his intensity is unmatched. He's just, he's fucking awesome. Um, Nick Gage always, I mean, I was a huge Nick Gage fan from day one. Um, and he was, he was never like a shirtless fucking wrestler. He was never like a jack dude. Uh, he was, he was fat at one point. Um, and then he slimmed down and all that, but his physique was never anything to be, you know, talked about or whatever, you know what I mean? And, uh, he, you know, he, uh, he was always just a fucking, an animal in the ring. And that's, I mean, he is, he is really on the top of his fucking game right now. So this isn't really a knock. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's crazy because, you know, you see that type of shit when he came out the first time, when he came out the second time, you could already tell the shit was, uh, she was not headed in the same direction as it was the first time. First time he had five years with nothing to fucking do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when you have nothing to do, physicality is, is definitely a way to focus on some shit. But once you get out, there's options. So if you're not really about that life, and Gage never was. Gage never was about that. Like, his brother got all fucking crazy jacked up and everything. And, 
you know, did what he had to do to, to get there. But obviously that involves a shitload of training too. You don't just, you know, take some shit and then fucking blow up. It's not gamma rays like the fucking Hulk. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's hard training as well as, uh, supplements. But, um, Gage was never about that. So, um, he's kind of back to, uh, old, uh, pre-bank Gage. Um, but th- this was all right. Um, I didn't think this was that special. Um, yeah, as far as, a, as an overall match, I, I didn't think this was that special. Um, not bad. Not bad by any stretch of the imagination. But, uh, you know, just, just nothing. Nothing that blew me away. I, I knew, you know, Gage had... You know, everything that uh, you could possibly want in a deathmatch wrestler, he's going to fucking bring it. The Japanese dude, again, you know, when those guys come over, they fucking bring it. And, and you know, again, this is this was no uh, exemption to that rule. But, you know, some of the other performances in this tournament, you know, proves what I'm saying here. This isn't bad by any stretch. They did the Kenzins. They did, you know, the basic pounding each other's head spot with the Kenzins. Um, all right, so, uh, next matchup was, um, damn, I, I barely wrote down the fucking participants in these matches. Uh, this was, uh, Miedo Extremo and, uh, Eric Ryan, and, uh, Miedo Extremo looks like a Mexican Danny Havoc, like, fucking spot on, like, you think that, and then you glance over at the screen after, you know, looking away for a minute, and you're like, holy shit, that looks like Danny Havoc in the ring. And I looked it up, and, um, Havoc is Estragos in, in Spanish. And then I figured we'll change Manny to, uh, Danny to Manny. So, I was calling him Manny Estragos for the rest of the show. Uh, <laughs> they had a crazy fucking shopping cart bump where they, they flipped the shopping cart upside down and put a big fucking bundle of tubes, and he just took, like, a fucking, like, a toss off the top rope through this shit. Just fucking crazy. Um, they got uh, Schlack versus Crane. Marcus Crane and Schlack. Schlack, man, he comes into this fucking thing with, with what looks like a gunshot wound, as deep as a gunshot wound on the back of his fucking leg. This guy was on cut crutches. You know, a day two before, you know, he he brought crutches to the fucking ring, ended up beating uh, Marcus with. But considering everything that the injury that he was dealing with, I think this match was pretty fucking good. They did a whole lot, you know. He did a lot of fucking moving, and they really worked it well. Uh, they did like a you know attack the leg, attack the leg. Uh, they did, you know the. It's weird, the whole, the finish was really weird, because it was, uh, ref stoppage, which, like, yeah, I don't know, man, like, you're gonna do a ref stoppage, I mean, I guess that keeps Schlack from, like, passing out, or tapping out, or anything like that. But, you know, when you're going at, like, a severe injury like that, I think normally, like, the road to go is a pass out, tap out, one of those type of deals. But this is, like, Schlack not even giving up and the ref. But it, it just, it looks fucking silly in a deathmatch tournament. Because what exactly is the line that you're, like, they didn't do a ref stoppage when motherfuckers came off the roof. They waited for the pin. They didn't do a ref stoppage when motherfucking, uh... You know, like, look at all the crazy injuries over the time. And there was never a ref stoppage. So it's just strange that, um, you know, they, they'd go that route with that. But I, I don't know. I guess they kind of painted themselves into a corner. And uh, <laughs> Nicole just posted a picture on my wall with uh, Toby and DJ and Baby J out there. And, uh, so yeah, I, um, I don't know, like, I, I think it was weird, but I kind of get it, 
because you know you didn't want to have him look weak, which I don't think he looks weak with that fucking wound and the way that Marcus was going at it. But yeah, I, I thought this was really good. Um, after the match, uh, John Gray gets hit with a clothesline, and uh, you know he needs to be carried out of the ring. Now this is what the fuck is supposed to happen when a non-wrestler gets hit with some shit. Meanwhile, you got asshole photographers like Matt Wolf and Hamhead who will take a fucking light tube shot and no sell it like it's fucking like it's just fun and games. That's what I mean. Like some people get it and some people don't. John Gray being the referee did the right fucking thing. He died. Like he just fucking died. Like he got hit with a clothesline and he fucking rest in peace. You know what I mean? He's fucking gone now. Now they got to carry him out of the fucking ring because he's dead because a wrestler hit him. And that that's kind of the way it's supposed to fucking be, you know? So when a cameraman asshole decides I want to be involved with shit and takes a spot, the motherfucker should take it home. That's it. Sorry, you got to sit out now. Even if it's for, like, a couple matches. Like, you got to be out, and you got to come back like it's hard to do your job after that. Or, you know, make sure you let them know that you don't want to be involved because that's, uh, you know, going to take you out. So the next match was uh, Alex Colon and um, and uh, C. Clope. This was the best match in the first round, hands down, as far as I'm concerned. This was fucking crazy. Alex Colon got cut bad on top of his head and uh, was just bleeding, just fucking pissing blood out of his head. And... Um, he really had a lot of opportunities to just, like, take it home, you know, where, I mean, they were kicking out a big, sh- he was just kicking out a big shit that would have been three counts, and it was, like, countering shit, and it was like, dude, like everybody would be okay if he just took the loss, and he ended up taking the loss, but it's like, he needed to keep that match going to be more suspenseful and become even an even better match than it was. And, and and kept going and you know they kept trying to like fucking tape shit to his head and like fucking stop the bleeding in between moves and stuff and it wasn't fucking stopping and he just kept it fucking going so you know uh much much credit to him for for that even though everybody knows i do not like the dude um based on uh, clearly a scar i have um and his his lack of uh caring um it, what was funny, I don't know, because, I, look, I watched it on, you know, On Demand or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I don't know if, like, they used the, the sound system for Starland Ballroom or if they brought their own sound system or whatever the case was. But um, when it came through on the um, on the video On Demand or whatever, every time they played the Mexicans' music, it sounded like a fucking Civic hatchback with blown speakers when a fucking bass hit. Like, you know, when you'd hear a motherfucker got way too amped with their little bullshit system, and you could hear the fucking, the woofers just, like, rattling and, like, ripped fucking woofer paper fucking bouncing off each other. That's what it sounded like. It was it was kind of crazy. But I have a feeling it's just the way that it came through on the mics, you know what I mean, to the, the VOD. So, uh... Manny Estragos beat Crane in about seven minutes. It was crazy as fuck, but it was quick. You know, it was it was real quick. Um, again, seven minutes, not too long for a second-round match. And again, I was surprised because I, I really thought that Marcus Crane was going to be the guy to win this tournament. Um, I guess it's not that surprising just because that's kind of been his gimmick is to not come out on top. Um, so I guess they're just keeping that going. Um uh, Nick Gage loses to Ciclope. Um This again was shocking. They um, they did a bunch of crazy shit. This was a great match. Um, it ended with um, it, it, again another kind of weird finish. So and I guess this is supposed to keep Gage strong or whatever the case is in his loss, but um, he got tangled up in a barbed wire board in the corner and he got like a pin on the board and uh, I guess his foot was on the rope or under the rope or whatever the case is so he takes the fucking pin and then he flips out 
And they both fucked the ref up. Like, they both just fucked this ref up. And they make him restart the match. And then, uh, Cyclope gets a fucking roll-up pin on him. And he gets the win anyway. So, I mean, alright. So now I know, look, look, I forget what their, uh, their team name is. But these guys are going into the fucking finals. You know they're going to tear it the fuck up. Because the guys have tremendous chemistry. Uh, they wrestled before in GCW and I'm sure many other places. Um, and they're, they're just, they're crazy motherfuckers, man. It, this whole, uh, the DTU guys that have come in have showed just tremendous hunger. Um, obviously a, a want for exposure in a place where they're, they're pretty much unknown. They've made themselves fucking household names in the deathmatch community based on a handful of shows that they've done over here for GCW, uh, IWA, um, you know, they've done some shit over here where, man, they're absolute standouts on every card they're on. So, um, this, this was a very good decision on GCW's part to put Cyclope over and, um, you know, put those two in the finals together is absolutely perfect. So, um, next up was, uh, PCO versus Jimmy Lloyd. Um, you know, PCO, man, he's fucking, uh, he, he's really fucking impressive for a guy who's 50 years old and was never known for like, Oh, that, that has, that's a crazy motherfucker out there. Like he does the craziest shit in the ring. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really know what he's doing it for. I, you know, obviously I don't think he needs money and I don't think the Indies are going to pay money, but he's doing shit out there. Like, like he's trying to prove himself like a young up and comer, you know? taking fucking crazy dives and spots and he's just fucking going all out and good for him to have that type of passion, you know, that late in his fucking career and everything. But Jesus Christ, man, this guy goes fucking in, you know, and Jimmy Lloyd, you know, was doing his thing out there looking very Jimmy Lloydish, and, uh, you know, what can you say? You know, well worked, but boy, you know, the, uh, the physique is just, um, it's just declining and declining. Um, is what it is. Uh, the finals. Crazy shit, man. Crazy shit. Uh, they did so many fucking spots in this match. Just great shit. Uh, they did a light tube log cabin. And this, this was one of the dopest log cabins I've ever seen. Because instead of just going straight up like a, you know, like that square it went like in as it went up. So it looked like it kind of almost came to a T at the top. It looked like a fucking house more so. Uh, real, real dope design on that. And it was tall as fuck. It was, it was shit. I'd have been like five, six feet tall. Like it, at least it looked it from the, uh, the video. So they kept it on the outside. He ended up doing like sunset flip power bomb type shit through it. And I mean, dude took the majority of it with his legs as he went crashing through it. But I don't give a fuck, man. That that was like a hundred light tubes in like one fucking joint. Like that that shit is insanity. Um, during it during the match, they disassembled the ring and had a barbed wire net underneath. Um, that this was cool shit. It was a great finals. Uh, really well booked tournament. You know, as far as the, who went over, who went down. Um, and I. I Definitely like Cyclope winning his first deathmatch tournament in the United States. Uh, Well-deserved. Those guys are absolute superstars. Um, They can work their ass off as far as wrestlers go and are just as crazy as you can get in the deathmatch realm. So those guys are going to be stars for a long time. As long as they're out there doing this type of shit, they're going to be fan favorites. So uh, much, much respect to those guys. And, uh, yeah, I, um, I should have about... I should have three weeks straight of reviewing deathmatch tournaments. And then after that, I'll probably not watch wrestling for a year or some shit like that. But, um, they're, uh, doing TOD tomorrow. If everything goes off, cause they, man, they're calling for rain and all that shit. Um, they've added slack to it, which in my opinion is the absolute best thing that they could have done. And, uh, following that, the best thing that they could absolutely do. And, I'm not saying that this would completely save CZW, but 
you got to see how many of your locals walked the fuck away, sold their tickets, are not going to Tournament of Death. So many of them. If you put Schlack over winning this fucking tournament, because the spoiler that has leaked out from your, your locker room that doesn't respect you has been for a long time that it is Brandon Kirk and Jimmy Lloyd in the finals. Brandon Kirk goes over. I've heard one or two people that told me Jimmy Lloyd goes over. But most people tell me Jimmy Lloyd, Brandon Kirk, Brandon Kirk wins Tournament of Death. That will not be good for your fan base at all. Brandon Kirk's solid. He's good. You don't put him over for Tournament of Death. Not right now. Uh, If anything, you let him prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that he can fucking go into Deathmatch realm, have him lose in the fucking semis, and now the fans want to see what's next with him. Now he's over as a Deathmatch guy. And now maybe next year you put him to the finals and see what the fuck goes on. You, you, you put him over the whole fucking tournament, first time out, like you did Jimmy Havoc, fans are going to hate it. Guaranteed they're going to fucking hate it. You push Schlack over a guy who could not be more over with the Deathmatch fans, people are going to go, oh, fuck, they're starting to pay attention to Schlack. They're starting to treat this fucking guy seriously. Oh, shit. And then you run with that. You fucking keep Schlack high on your fucking cards. He's a huge attraction. Have him cut promos every fucking show. If you have Schlack on your shows and you're not having him cut promos leading up to your show, you're fucking up because he draws attention to everything he does. His promos are fucking amazing. His his presence in the ring is fucking top notch. And if you're not capitalizing on that, you just you're skipping out on money for whatever you're deciding your reason is. But none of the fans agree with you. And if you're not selling to the fans, then I don't know what the fuck your purpose in, in running a company is. Because fans are walking away from you. So you can tell me, you can tell everybody you talk to that, no, I'm doing this because this. I'm doing this because this. Well, fans are going like, well, I'm leaving because of all of that. So that should uh, should make you uh, think about what you're doing when you, when you look around at, at your attendance and... Uh, I, I will be surprised if this is not the lowest attended tournament of death to date. I'll be very surprised. What I was not aware of is the fact that Toby Klein is retiring for professional wrestling. And his last two matches are actually tonight at H2O. And tomorrow, his last match being versus Matt Tremont. Fans bring the weapons. Non-tournament. Tournament of death. Um... I actually hope to hang with Toby a little bit after Tournament of Death. He's supposed to head down this way. Check us out. Um, so, that'll be a good time. I haven't seen Toby for a minute since uh, fucking 2015, Tournament of Death, or King of the Death. So, uh, he's always been a really good dude. And, uh, yeah, man. Uh, wish him all the best of luck, you know, out there. Fucking last two matches. He's wrestling Deb tonight at H2O. Um, I'll also say this, H2O is doing big shit out there. Um, they have, I guess, taken over the building, which is the O's, A-O-T-W, old time, yeah, O-T-W Arena, uh, yeah, the Whackpacker Hogan Memorial Hall over there, uh, that On Point was wrestling in. Um, Matt Tremont knows what he's doing there with that H2O. I, I really like the things that he's doing, and um, it, it's it's good shit. Um, so check check that shit out. I'll definitely be talking a little bit more about that as time goes on because they just uh, they keep doing their thing. You know, uh, let me see. Speaking of doing their thing, I'll bring up uh, IWA real quick. Tomorrow, IWA Mid-South is doing a House of Horrors match, which is always a great fucking uh, visual. A $15 fucking general admission. I think it's first come, first serve, because they don't even really have a... So it's like $15, fucking kids 12 and under is 10 bucks, and you get a fucking House of Horrors match with John Wayne Murdoch and J.C. Rotten. Um, Light tubes hanging from the fucking... Up top, you know what I mean? 
So yeah, good shit. Check that out if you're in the area over there. Uh, Ian definitely deserves with the type of product he's been putting out for years and years. He really deserves to be drawing fucking fans. Uh, so yeah, that that's that. Um, what else, man? Um, I know there's probably something I'm fucking missing, but uh, yeah, you know, again, we'll talk some more about this different shit next week. Um, Tournament of Death tomorrow. Not excited about a whole lot of it, but again, Schlack being in it gives you a little bit of hope. You can do whatever the fuck you want with your tournament, DJ, but you lost a shitload of fans and a shitload of confidence based on what you did in last year's tournament. And all of the booking from then until now has really put the fucking nail in the coffin of CZW. Uh, the Deathmatch aura is already gone, as far as I'm concerned, uh, with the, the tailgating and the this and the that. And look, I'm a, I'm a guy who both doesn't attend shows anymore and doesn't drink or smoke or any kind of thing like that. So this isn't like me speaking disgruntled saying like, Oh, I can't get fucked up out there anymore. Like I don't, I don't go number one, number two, uh, even if I did, that's not what I would be doing, but I know the draw of that experience and, and the, uh, so many fans would just go to for that. Like it was, yeah, they were at a show, but like, the fact that it was a party when they got there, you know how many non-wrestling fans were just showing up to TOD with their friends because it was a party? You know, it, it uh, you know, it made it uh, completely worth it for anyone to go, even if they weren't into the fucking show that was going on. So, um, that's pretty much it. Um, Kanye's new album is trash. Seven tracks, trash. Um, you know, I mean, look. Kanye, I'd, I've always thought was a douchebag, um, but the music he's put out over time has been fucking fire. Um, I mean, from his old shit, obviously, classic, classic shit, to the, the production stuff that he's done over time is just crazy, um, to even, like, new shit. Um, new Slaves is a crazy track. Um, Black Skinhead, crazy fucking track. Yeah, I mean, like, shit like that can't tell me nothing one of the best fucking tracks, like, always on the fucking playlist. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he's got fucking bangers. He, he's got serious fucking bangers that, like, go to gym joints. Yeah, I mean, you're in the fucking gym and you get that shit banging through the fucking headphones. Yeah, I mean, you're ready to move fucking mountains. So, I mean, people who just say, oh, fuck a Kanye. Like, I hear you. Like, I hear you. Like, as far as, like, a person goes, like, yeah, he's a dickhead. I mean... He he's a guy who an actual presidential president, a very um upstanding um you know, respectable president that didn't just say wild shit still called him a jackass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Obama still found some time to go, he's a jackass. <laughs> so you know, that that's the that's the type of uh image he put out there. So it's uh going into the third quarter now. 61-52 Golden State. Obviously uh some shit to go through here. Hill to climb for motherfucking Cavs. JR Smith misses another motherfucking shot because that's what JR Smith does. JR Smith killed the motherfucker in Lakewood, New Jersey, probably about a half hour from my house. Uh, he did some shit where, uh, person was at a stop sign, he was fucked up, he drove around the guy at the stop sign, and then T-boned the motherfucker in the road, and, uh, I want to say his friend in the car died, uh, don't quote me on all the facts on this, but you can look it up, and he definitely killed the motherfucker driving, doing some dumb shit, and, uh, he completely skated on the whole thing, but, uh, you know, beyond that, he sucks basketball. He sucks at basketball a lot. Um, I'm hoping the Cleveland pulls this game off so it's not a sweep. I'm hoping that LeBron stays in Cleveland following this series. Um, I think that's pretty much all I got. Pretty much all I got. So, uh, yeah, if there's shit I'm forgetting, fuck it, I'll get at it next week. Because, like I said, uh, next week I'll probably be late in the week again. Uh Next weekend, I will be racing my motherfucking uh, Bone Frog race. Very much looking forward to that. That was one of my favorite, if not my favorite, race last year. 
It's at a, a location that I haven't raced in two years in, in Stanhope, New Jersey. Fucking awesome, beautiful location. Amazing looking. Just scenery is crazy. Beautiful. Um, so I'm hoping to really do well out there doing the, um, what's it called? The uh, Tier 1, which is like the small race and the big race combined. And, um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, I'll talk a little pre, pre-race shit next week. Talk Tournament of Death next week, because as long as they get it up early in the week, I'll get a hold of it, and then I'll uh, watch and review it on next week's show. And then hopefully the weekend after, the week after, I'll hopefully get around to watching King of the Death match, and I will review that as well. So... That's all I got for tonight. I'll check you motherfuckers out next week. Imagine that. Fucking couple weeks in a row here we're doing. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Like, Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide it. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Juza Kid Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.